podcast is brought to you by Inside and get yourself something cool to drink. Condescending me, man. Fucking kill you, man. Man, fuck that shit. I ain't finna shoot nobody. Oh, you know I can't let you go without tapping that ass. How you like the sound of them bells, bitch? They real pretty, ain't they? God damn, Jimmy. This some serious gourmet shit. What's special? Take you in the back and suck your dick. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> Welcome all you QT faithful to a very special cinema speculation episode of The Church of Tarantino. I'm your host, the Reverend Scott K, and it is my pleasure to welcome my special guest, the podfather himself and host of the Caged In Coppola Connections podcast, Mr. Petros Batsilovas. Together, we will be diving into the breaking news of this week that Quentin Tarantino has in fact finished the script for his supposed last film entitled The Movie Critic. Welcome back, Mr. Batsilovas and may Tarantino be with you always and always with you scott what exciting times we're living in we thought we thought this day could be <laughs> yes. until years off do you know what I mean like i thought especially two years yeah yep. you, ha- you you obviously broke the news despite uh joe blow not, not <laughs> wanting anything to do with it that, that he had a series in the works but yes little did we know that a movie was anywhere near kind of uh, the finish line let, let, let alone even in the works, is absolutely yes. bananas. Well, it is you I have to thank for actually encouraging this quick episode, which will probably be being listened to on Monday, as I have a new episode coming out tomorrow as we're recording this. <laughs> It'll also give some time to gestate so I can actually edit the thing. But I didn't know if I was going to do an episode. I didn't know what to think about it because it was just so sudden, out of the blue. And as of this recording, on March the 16th, at about 2.20 in the uh, p.m. in the Eastern Standard Time and 6.20 over there in the Greenwich Mean Time, Tarantino himself has not mm. confirmed or denied this rumor. There has been no actual word from the Tarantino camp. So we're going to use some of this speculation that he likes to call and yeah. talk about it. And the first thing we should jump into is our honest Initial reactions. Those of you who follow me on my socials saw mine, and I I may have some new feelings towards it, but Mr. Petros, you were the one who said we should do this episode. It is all on your backs, as usual. So, (laughs) sir, I will give you the floor first. What was your honest initial reaction hearing that Tarantino's new movie was going to be called The Movie Critic? So I uh, instantly... All I thought about was the fact that he said when he said, yeah, well, obviously when Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out and everyone was kind of pressing him on what's the next movie going to be. Like, it feels like you did your love letter to Hollywood, the kind of big statement in that movie. Are you going to try and outdo that in some way? Or are you going to kind of like, what's this going to be? And he always always kind of said it's going to be like a kind of... I don't know, like a like a full stop. That's a bit more quick. He, he's happy to go out on a quieter note. So as soon as I heard that title and like kind of read, just like I think, I think, I think, I think it was your post I saw, and it said it was centered around a female movie critic. Before I'd even kind of dived into the Hollywood Reporter article that it kind of broke on, I was like, ah, Pauline Kale. It's got to be like even if it's not exactly Pauline Kale, and that got me excited just for the prospect of who real world it can feature like especially uh like director wise and people that she kind of came into run-ins with i'm a massive brian de palma fan as is qt himself i know he cited mm-hmm. blowout to be like one of his favorite movies ever and that yeah, is something... john travolta was uh hired yeah. to play uh in pulp fiction because of that movie and it's something that me and him share like that is that's is one of my all-time favorite movies and i just the prospect of brian de palma potentially being a character in a QT movie just got me really, really excited. And I think, especially with his book, Cinema Speculation, it feels like the right move because it and it feels like a way that he can talk about his love of cinema through a really witty character. And we obviously don't know what it's entirely going to be, but we can obviously, as we're here today, we can speculate and it kind of what better way to do another love letter to to cinema but do it from this other standpoint that he has as this 
lover of film and, and, and a critic himself in a way like as we saw through cinema speculation he's kind of got this offbeat off the wall style of cinema criticism and this is like scratching that itch for him in doing in doing a love letter to, to movies from almost like the fan perspective as opposed to like the we're making the movies like in once upon a time in hollywood so yeah it kind of feels like they're definitely going to be sister films at least uh, so I, 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 I'm I'm excited. I, I, I'm get, I'm guessing I'm guessing you're a bit more lukewarm than me on on initial reaction. Well, I've had about 48 hours to digest it, and I'll be honest. My first initial reaction was I wasn't. I was confused at first. I was I was stunned that this was the announcement because those of you who listen to this podcast know that back in November. At an event, now he did talk about Pauline Kael there. Not once did he even lean towards what his new movie was going to be. He had even said he hadn't even thought about it and hadn't even begun writing it. So it surprises me that in four months' time frame from that day, he suddenly now has a full-fleshed-out script. Because usually for Tarantino, it's a couple years. Like, he doesn't mm. just, you know, you know, not, not, not that he doesn't have the ability to do so. And also not that, that he could have just been completely bullshitting us anyways, yeah. which is fair. But just based on that... He was ready to go with a TV show. That mm-hmm. was his whole thing. Like, he broke that, and he immediately announces it, you know, because he was on um, Two Bears, uh, One Cave, and he starts to announce it more as he goes out. And it becomes a big thing that he talks about, that he was going to, he has a eight-episode show ready to roll, and he was going to film it this year. That seemed like the move we were making, which is why I said it's another two, three years down the road before we get a movie. Yeah. Because he, and he even said that he wanted everyone to know that this show was not considered his 10th movie. So I'm just wondering that this could be misinformation, not intentionally, but someone jumped out the gun, unlike Joe Blow, and you know they heard, and this may actually be the show, but we're going to get into that in a second. Mm-hmm. So the name The Movie Critic does not inspire the usual excitement that a Tarantino film does. I don't care who you are, it just doesn't evoke a Tarantino film. I have no problem with what Tarantino wants to do because it's his world and we're just all living in it. However, he has said in in the past, in his own words, that he is not a fan of the biopic. He does Mm -hmm. not like biopics. So it's just odd that Tarantino would pick his last film to be a biopic about a film critic. However, as you're saying, there is something that I read and what he likes about Pauline Kael is... He would read her reviews as if they were film school type of knowledge. There are many times he enjoys her reviews and what she thought the film should have been. Mm-hmm. My thought might be, well, we'll get into that. So there's a lot that, that could happen. So initially, I was not excited because, look, since Pulp Fiction, he when he announced Jackie Brown, I went out and got Rum Punch. Read it cover to cover mm-hmm. because he was going to cover that. Uh, when he announced Kill Bill was super excited. Everyone was. And I think there's two touchdowns for our generations. My generation being Gen X, our touchdown for Tarantino is Pulp Fiction. For the millennial generation, I believe it is Kill Bill that brought them into the fold and then they would find out the later films but brought Kill Bill was their touchdown. Mm -hmm. From that moment on, whether you liked Death Proof because he went together as a grindhouse, that was exciting. Whether that panned out or not, that's up for people to decide. Inglorious Bastards got us excited. Mm-hmm. Django got us excited. The Hateful Eight got leaked, and the excitement of him not wanting to do it and being pissed off and then doing it got us excited. Leonardo and Brad together in this Once Upon a Time, he's going to talk about the Manson murders. That got us excited. Mm-hmm. Saying he's going to talk about a movie critic for his last film does not usually emote <laughs> the kind of excitement we expect from Tarantino. Now, that being said, I did say in my post, if there's one thing Tarantino is, it's unpredictable. So... I leave myself open for that. But I've also think that maybe some of my disappointment might be because as you get older, you realize death gets closer to you. Correct? Right? Like we all <laughs> yeah. like eventually you start to you start to contemplate that you know what? You start to do this math game where well, I still got these many years left. But you start to realize as you get past your golden years, your twenties and your thirties, and you start to get older, you start to realize that you know what? My prime is past, which I'm okay with, but you start to realize my day on, on this earth is gonna it's you know, they're numbered. They're not there's I have probably Less days ahead of me than I do behind me. I'm hoping Mm -hmm. I have the same, but let's be honest. I'm not going to try to will myself into another 47 years. I feel maybe that's why I feel this way about the announcement is it's not so much that I'm upset about the name or what it could be. It's that it was always it's exciting to know there's one on the horizon. 
that it's not here yet. It's like it's mm-hmm. like Christmas Eve to me is better than Christmas Day. Yeah. The anticipation of the day always outweighs the day because when the day comes, you unwrap the presents, then it's just like this big long day of like, all right, well, 30, 364 more days, so that happens again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christmas yeah. Eve is always the best day. So now every day's been Christmas Eve until it's announced, and he hasn't officially done it, but once it's announced, it's the realization that that's it. That the like the end of his movie career could be less than or just a little over 18 months away. It'll probably come out in the fall or Christmas time of next year. Yeah. And that's that. And whether it's amazing or sucks or whatever is divisive or ends up being his piece de resistance, that will be it. And I think that may be some of why my reaction originally wasn't initially as excited Mm -hmm. because, I mean, even if he had announced Kill Bill 3, I still probably would have had a problem with that. I, I just think it's more of a... Let down of knowing shit, Christmas is almost here. Like like Christmas Day is closer than I thought. I thought I had more time. You know, mm. it's like you think, oh, my cancer's out is in remission. I'm gonna be okay. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you've got all and then you're like, shit, I've only got this much time left. Feels I mean, I know it's a little dramatic, but that's I no, feel no, like no, in my mind, it's kind of like the, you know, that's a very important part of my life. But then it's like, you know, and if there is the show coming still, and he still does that stuff, so there'll always be projects. Mm-hmm. For me, it's been a cinematic event every time it comes out. I get excited for that day. Yeah, yeah. I love that it's in the theater for as long as it is. Then it's like, no, I gotta get to the copies of it. And then uh-huh. you know all the stuff that comes around with it, much like we feel like with a Nicolas Cage movie, but he's an actor who says he'll actually die, so that's awesome because we always get more films of him. <laughs> but this guy's saying I'm done at a certain number, and then that's mm-hmm. that. And now that that number or that day has been kind of dropped in front of us almost, I think some of my initial reaction of not being excited is because now I know that Christmas is closer than I thought it was. Yes. And now I'm, it's a bit of melancholy sadness. Like, I can't wait. You know, I'm going to, it's exciting. Uh, There's a whole Mm -hmm. lot of stuff I have planned for it, but I just thought I had more time. I guess that's, I guess my initial reaction probably is more sour because of I am disappointed that I'm about to see the last possible film from my favorite person and the whole reason i I do anything film wise do all of this is suddenly going to come to an end and that's kind of like you know i mean how would you feel if renfield was the final nicholas cage film a couple weeks from now yeah. that's that well yeah well well like I, I know that megaropolis is coming and that's the last that's got to be the last francis ford coppola movie do you know what I mean? Unless he does like Avatar box office numbers, because he he, mor- <laughs> he mortgaged the house on this fucker. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, to your point about it, it, it being the end, and I think especially for someone in your position who's obviously created this whole podcast and kind of got this ecosystem around all things Tarantino and kind of devoted your life somewhat to to, to, <laughs> to his work. Uh, Sadly, at yes, this basically. point, I, I imagine for you the expectation of what this last film could be, and it, uh, like you said, even if it was Kill Bill 3, it's almost like, irregardless of what it is, could it match up to, do you know what I mean? What, what, it could, what it could be in our imaginations. It's the briefcase. Exactly. It's knowing what's in the briefcase. No matter what, it will not live up to what I what I've built up, and that's not his fault. That's my mm-hmm. fault. That's a hundred percent on my shoulders. A hundred percent on us who don't who aren't excited about it. We have built it up because you know of past, but it's like the why the briefcase is going to be the greatest MacGuffin ever. We'll never know what's inside it, and I don't want to know what's inside it because I've come up with many better things than they could tell me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it was. Is you know last year for the birthday episode, which you'll be on in a couple of weeks that we already recorded, we came up with our own ideas, pitches for the movies, and just had fun with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it always is going to fall short of our expectations. And he takes a little blame because he has decided to, instead of just bowing out after being done with 10, he says he's with 10. It would be better if he had never said that mm. and then said, you know what, folks, this is my last film. I think the anticipation would be less. It would be more, oh, okay. like, you don't know yeah, for a it, fact it, it, that this is Coppola's last movie. But if it ends up being, you go, okay, I'm going to go see it and on the off chance it is, as opposed to him uh-huh. saying this is it. Because now the expectations are... If this isn't yeah, as yeah, good as Pulp Fiction, people are not going to care. You know what I mean? Like that's unfortunate where we live in. If it doesn't live up to one of those, people will say then he he reached the point he said he was going to reach was where he's out of touch and he's insignificant. And I know he doesn't want that. But if he doesn't at least get nominated for Oscars and win or something, like mm-hmm. people are going to say this is a piece of shit and it's not worthy of his catalog. And that was one of yeah. my things in my post. And my worry was is that this would taint his legacy. I I don't know. I'm. Um... I'm excited because I don't think, I don't like, yeah, as much as it's being bounded about that it could be like about Pauline Kale, I think it, irregardless of what it is, it's not going to be a biopic. It's going to be a story inspired. It's going to be within the Tarantino verse. It's going to be, do you know what I mean? In the same way that Mm -hmm. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has things 
has this kind of skewering of what mm-hmm. of of history, and it's got these characters. It's got Sharon Tate. It's got his. Do you know what I mean? It's got Bruce Lee. It's got fictional characters living in a real time. Yeah, it, it's got real yeah. characters living in a fictional world as well. Like, they, like yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got these. Real it's an people, alternate but, universe. Yeah, and and I think like I saw an amazing tweet. I I I can't I can't say who it was because kind of just scrolling through when the news came out just kind of hit. Tarantino, do you know what I mean? It was trending and just went through. Mm-hmm. And somebody just put like a uh, plot for the movie critic: Pauline Kale solves Watergate, and it's like that's the kind of like <laughs> skewering of, of 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 the story that like we're living in with like a Tarantino movie. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, even if it is, yeah, the character is called Pauline Kale, or with the kind of breadcrumbs we've got of it being mm-hmm. female critic late 70s and i think it's something yep. to get into is especially with someone yep. like pauline kale there is a really interesting story within her late 70s because the movie critic yeah. becomes uh, a bit more because she got a job at paramount kind of being a consultant yeah. on their movies so it has kind of, of warren Beatty. warren Beatty was yeah. wanted her there well, I'm also thinking since we're in this, we're now we're just dived into this. Yeah. What has got me more excited in the last 48 hours is think after thankfully to you, you reached out and I was like, right, we're going to do this. If, you know, I was really <laughs> I did not know what to do. I, I was and I just my mind was everywhere. Tarantino, what he likes about her her writing is that she would be very honest, but she would then also say what would make the movie better. And there are times he has said he's read her reviews and wish that mm-hmm. was the movie that was made that she would talk about. Yes. I'm wondering. Since we're talking about Once Upon a Time, some of the best things about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood are the flashbacks and the fake outs. The flashback to why Cliff Booth is not on set for the show of Tanner when he fights. We, you know, we learn he's at the Green Hornet set and he fights mm-hmm. with Bruce Lee yeah. is some of the best stuff. When we have the great talk on the set of Tanner about how he was so close, Rick was this close in the uh, in the minds of some of the people that he was going to be in The Great Escape and we get Rick in The Great Escape. Mm-hmm. Part of me wonders if, if this critic, if some of this stuff is some flashbacks, some retelling, some recreations of movies that she talked about. In Tarantino style, which could bring in a lot mm-hmm. of his usual suspects to play roles, just like we saw with um, Leo getting to be, you know, uh, what's his name for for in, in a scene. Uh, and plus, he, you know, he doesn't usually play with special effects, but the special effects for putting Leo into Great Escape was amazing. It was yes. seamless, seamless. I would even go out as far to say that if my younger audience didn't has never seen The Great Escape, they would be stunned if they saw The Great Escape and it wasn't Leo in that scene if you showed him that scene. <laughs> right? Like, it was yeah, that yeah. good. You actually would be like, wait a minute, who's, who's this fucking guy? Where's Leo? So I'm wondering if maybe that is part of what he's going to do. That would give us the excitement mm-hmm. and the fun and it would be cool if somehow, since we are, if we do the Once Upon a Time thing, what if DiCaprio and them do make a little bit of an appearance in a, in a movie and just one of the, like the one of the little plots and it's Rick, Dal- but it's Rick Dalton. Yeah. So if I go down that path, I get myself in a better mind frame. If I get away from the title, because the title, in my opinion, sucks. I think the title sucks. Of all his titles, mm-hmm. his titles are great. The movie critic is not a great title for him. None of them. I mean, we can go through all of them. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Pulp Fiction. Jackie Brown. Kill Bill. It, it Death has, Proof. Inglourious Bastards. Django Unchained. The Hateful Eight. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The movie critic. Like, it just doesn't feel like his movie, right? Like, Yeah, so, but like... <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't. But there's so many, there's so many titles for stuff that are shit until the thing is... The Beatles... You're, you're correct. You're correct. It's a terrible yes. name. The Beatles is a pun on the the insect and playing music arctic monkeys as a band name is terrible but the pearl pearl jam do you know what i mean like fair fair, is a terrible name touche sir touche and then but then but then but then you like you tie it into what it is yeah no you're you're right like foo fighters another one of my favorite bands even even dave Grohl said if i'd known we were going to be a band this long i never would have named us the foo fighters and yet it works yeah so you're correct this is why this is why you're on you're this is why you're the pod father you you know you bring that youthful enthusiasm (laughs) that i used to have it It, it helps me i'm getting curmudgeonly like steve if i had hit him on we'd be just shitting on it well yeah and it 
it, it has something to like a seventies quality about it. Do you know what I mean? Like or like a like a late sixties movie where it is kind of like it does what it says on the it's the movie critic. It's the graduate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like none yeah. of these like taking of the Pelham one, two, three. It's like that's a that's a great movie and it's a great title, but it's kind and of And it allows him to go to that look of the early films of Pulp Fiction and Jackie Brown, that you know, the 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 warmer tones, the that that feel. Because he's gotten brighter colors as we go, but we got mm-hmm. back to that a little bit of once upon a time. So it does lend itself. Now, let's even go even further. Mm-hmm. We talked about because I'm finishing up editing our episode that you're on, which I cannot wait for other people to hear, which is his birthday episode, which is coming soon. By the time mm-hmm. you hear this, it'll be a week away because it'll be, I think we'll put this on the 20th. It's the 27th to 60th birthday. Mm-hmm. Interesting time for these this news to drop, right as he's about to turn 60. As we talked about, we were talking about some favorite characters and this and that, what happens to some some people. And we talked about how there's, in the Tarantino verse, I combine it all as one. I There's many ways to break it up. I just, sometimes I feel it's just easier for people to swallow if I give it to them at once as opposed to trying to explain to them well there's the real verse and then there's like the movie verse yeah, yeah. and then there's this verse so but in his movie-esque verse which is his his revisionist history films which would be Inglorious Bastards which would be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood technically but again that that's a little dicey because you, like you said there's real people these other movies don't necessarily always have real people well there's Hitler Inglorious Bastards Django Unchained and then I guess Once Upon a Time or some of these other m- movies you could go see like Death Proof which would be his movie verse I wonder if they make an appearance in our films. Mm. If he really goes meta, like meta meta with it and brings in some of this stuff that is the universe that is his. But what if in this alternate universe of the Tarantino verse, there's a critic in the time frame and timeline that is once upon a time in Hollywood where things don't go the way they are. And then, you know, maybe like, again, not all these movies could be it, but Inglourious Bastards could absolutely and Django Chain be the kind of films that people watch because they're a part of exploitation films. They yes. could totally work in that time frame. And what if these are talked about? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what if those are, again, this is Tarantino's world. We have no idea. But when I start to talk about it in that respect, it gets me more and more excited. Mm. Does that make sense? Like, like yeah. I guess part of the thing is, is once you kind of put me in the mode of, hey, Scott, get your head out of your ass and start thinking about what this could be so we could talk about it. Once I started getting into that thought process and some of the stuff I read, it started me going, oh, wait a minute. Maybe, you know, maybe I am being a little too much mm-hmm. of a, sorry, Steve, curmudgeon like my man Steve Smith. <laughs> <laughs> and, and a little too set in my ways. Like, damn it, I don't need an extra marshmallow in my luck of charms. So that being thought about, it does excite me more to think that we could be bringing back some of our favorite characters and some, mm-hmm. if this is it, how many people do you think come back? Or who has to come back? Samuel Jackson has to be in the film, correct? He has to be. 100%. The man has to be in the film in some way. 100%. He, like, he, 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 even if he comes back, playing some kind of like, I don't know, like uh, black exploitation movie star Something. from yeah. the day. Pam Greer. Pam Greer, I'd oh, love to see back. Yes. I think, I think, I think, I think he is going to be kind of flipping through his roller decks with this one. So Tim and Michael come back as well. Got to. Matson has to be in the film, correct? Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be flipping through the roller decks and going, who's the people like. Who's the star? Oh. <sighs> This this will get fan juice just excited, but also I also apologize because if I say something now and it gets some of you excited and it doesn't happen, don't be upset because it doesn't happen. This is just me completely being hypothetical, but because you just said a f- certain woman's name, and if there's one thing Tarantino's good at, he writes great strong characters and he also writes strong black characters. But what if Pam Greer is that the movie critic? Role? What if she yeah. is the movie critic? That would be what fun. if it's Pam. Right? That would be great. That'd be great. W- wouldn't it be? The thing that sprung to mind when, it, when it's been banded about about Pauline Kale is Kate Blanchett. Oh, you're okay. I actually was thinking Natalie Portman was one of my thoughts. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know why I thought... I thought I thought no, it, it's got to be older. It's got to be a, a woman in her forties, maybe even fifties, because because Pauline Kael died in two thousand one at the age of eighty something. So if this is in the late seventies, she's in her fifties or late fifties at this point. So it's got to mm. be. So if it's going to be Pauline Kael, which is why you know, even though Pam is a little bit older, but again, you know, so I mean, he can he can make this work. But you know, I was just trying to think of you know who it might be. Mm. Plus, I think I think she has dark hair, so that's one of the reasons I went with with uh, Natalie Portman. Yeah, I just thought I just because Kate Blanchett's kind of one of those people who you could really see slotting into because she's 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 the ultimate chameleon like yep. you look at the work she did like she she kind of dropped into the life aquatic with steve sizu for wes anderson mm-hmm. and kind of seemed like was like oh yeah you fit into this world so you could see her 
slipping into t- like the Tarantino verse and just kind of relishing in it. Like, and she's got the chops. She's got the chops to handle it, right? Like, uh, what? What about uh, Kate? But what about Winslet? Yeah, Dark Winslet hair? would be great. Because I don't know if you just saw the uh, Mar County or whatever it was on HBO. But she was excellent in that as kind of like this old. God, you know, be almost, almost like playing the 1980s version of a male cop who's had enough of this shit, but like kind of the same yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, who's not lining up for it? What female is not lining up for the potential of if if Tarantino is able to pull the trick? Who's not lining up for a chance at an Oscar? Like, let, 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 let's kind of spitball this of like who is likely to, to turn up in this as like characters. So Warren Beatty is a potential. Yeah, and I'm not yeah. saying he looks like him. But Brad Pitt could easily kind of... He's got the gravitas mm-hmm. and he's kind of... He, him and Leo are kind of like the two bastions of that kind of old Hollywood in a way. They're kind of the last... They're, they're, they're some of the last movie movie stars. You know, I actually see as him, and this is going to be probably weird. I actually see Ben Affleck as him. As Beatty, yeah. As ben Warren Affleck Beatty. Could do. Like ben <laughs> Affleck as Bruce Wayne in the in the Snyderverse. He's damn. I, I know people don't like. I think he's damn good. I think he's damn good in some of his films. Uh, look, I get that he gets made fun of in this and that for certain things he did in the nineties. I get it. But some people gotta get the fuck over. He can act. You yeah, don't have yeah. to like him, but the guy can fucking act. All right. If you're gonna give Matt Damon a pass for shit, you gotta give Ben Affleck a pass for shit. All right. Just because you can't get with the women he gets with, that's not his. That's not his fault. That's your fault, all right? Give the man a pass. The man would be a great Warren Beatty. Mm. He's about to play Phil Knight in that fucking uh, movie about uh, Nike. Nike. Yeah, he looks yeah. great. Well, the, the, the only thing that makes me think that Brad Pitt might not go for it, even though I think he will just say yes to anything that Tarantino's doing now. Do you know what I mean? If he's like, do you want yeah. to come play Warren well, Beatty? Play, yeah. yeah. And it's the last chance. Like, it could yes. be legitimately the last chance. So if you've passed before, something tells me you're going to clear up your schedule mm-hmm. to see if you can be a part of this. Yeah, I think the only thing that would, like, deter Brad Pitt from doing it is he's kind of played this, like, fade. Not fading, because Beatty was still kind of at guns. But, like, playing this, yeah, Hollywood star, he kind of did it in Babylon. So it would kind of like depending on what the script was, is he's kind of True. he's kind of yeah. stepped into that with doing yeah. this. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like Babylon was him almost being like, well, Leo did the actor thing in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's my it's my turn to do it in this movie. Or of, do or does he come back as like I said? If we talked about it, does he come back as Cliff Booth and Rick Dalton? Do they are they now later down the road? Yeah, because you know because we never knew what happened. I mean, I don't want to say this is a sequel because this really wouldn't. I mean, it would be like you said, it's like a sister movie. It could kind of be a bit of a sequel, but it's really not a sequel to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, especially if we're not centering on those two characters. But it would free up the ability for them to both be in the film, even if they have obligations outside, because they would have a scene. You know what I mean? Like they'd have small roles and. They they would just well, yeah, be in it, and they could, you know, which I think most of this film, if we are like, we're spitballing it, is going to center on, like you said, maybe the Warren Beatty character, the Pauline Kale character, and maybe a few others, but everyone else is going to be moving pieces of movie stars, filling roles just like Once Upon a Time did. Of course, of course. And like Tarantino has said himself, he has written out the entire filmography of Rick Dalton. So, like, so he knows what Rick Dalton's doing in the late 70s. He knows if he's bounced back. He knows if, he, if he's in some shit. So even if it is a kind of glorified cameo role, you've got your critic watching a Rick Dalton movie. Do you know what I mean? And it, it might be like at a premiere or something like that. So you have a chance to have that in-movie movie of what Rick Dalton's doing in the late 70s. Yeah. And then you've also probably got, like, an interaction in the foyer where, like, or, or do you know what I mean? Like, in mm-hmm. the cinema screen, you've got the, the movie critic and this kind of, like, whatever way it's got to be, she's got to, like, kind of be brutally honest to Rick mm-hmm. Dalton and we kind of, like, get to see her take him down to, you know, like, those kind of, yeah, like... Yeah, yeah. You know, when he has those scenes where, he like, yeah, he's kind of, like, beating up on himself, like, back, mm-hmm. back to that trailer moment. <laughs> we kind of get someone, like, deliver, like, a blow to him, like... Oh, Rick, you're nowhere near as good as you were in like the yes. the, the five at uh, the five fists of uh, McCluskey or whatever. Do you know what I mean like yeah. and like you get to see his like heartbreak in that moment? Yeah, you've got an opportunity for for all of that, and you kind of yeah. I guess it's a chance. <laughs> this somewhat feels like it can be like the 
cinema speculation, like an adaptation of cinema speculation in a weird way. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I truly do feel it's going to somehow tie into where, again, he's the master of how to write it, but where we will get moments of movies that we know with actors playing them and maybe, you know, us as she's reading the review or someone reading her review or she's like doing voiceover, seeing the movie in a different light. Tarantino himself, as a young person, may be in this film. I mean, this could be very meta. This could be so meta that it just blows people's minds. And I'm a person who's a fan of Rick and Morty and stuff like that. I love meta. Sam Jackson could be playing Floyd. Sam Jackson. Well, I don't want to give away too much what we have on the birthday episode, but Sam Jackson could be playing Jules Winfield after he leaves, like you (laughs) talked about, and could be playing these characters. As So Sam Jackson is changed his name, and he is Jules Winfield. He now goes by Sam Jackson. Like, it could be that kind of flip. Mm. But he could yeah. play Floyd, yes, the character. I wonder. Because he did say in the back of his book, it's the one thing he, he truly regrets is when he went up for Django Unchained, not thanking him for mm-hmm. basically kind of helping him eventually down the road, many years down the road, visualize and bring to life that Django Unchained kind of movie that uh, Floyd had kind of been discussing when he was younger. When you've got a chance as well within this, not just the kind of movie stars and stuff like that, you've got people to play other critics. Because yes. I know there's, there's a critic that he kind of really gives a spotlight to in cinema speculation i can't remember his name but he's the kind of like he's the second fiddle guy i think for the la times at the time who like got to see all like the kind of saw all the exploitation stuff and like i I think tarantino like tells an anecdote when he won an award for something he's like oh i finally know what this guy looks like like, i've been reading his stuff a year so we get we get an opportunity for the for the female lead to interact with her fellow critics as well so Mm, i think there's a whole spectrum of angles that this can go in and like <laughs> kind of favorites of ours from the tarantino verse to come back in 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 many different ways and it could yeah. like for all we know yeah it could just be about a movie critic but really take a left turn it could be like yeah. an espionage movie it could be it could be anything it could, do you know what I mean? that it, was kind of where i was going to like like the movie critics the movie critic but kind of like was a dangerous mind where uh what's his name chuck something i can't think of his last name right now but there was a movie that was directed yeah, and yeah. produced by george clooney where the guy who was in the gong show says he was a cia operative yeah <laughs> called yeah. dangerous mind right like i mean it could very well be that type of that was a fantastic movie that was a fun movie yeah. uh and who knows if it was true but like i, th- well, I feel like his name is Chuck Berry, but it's not Chuck Berry. It's a fucking amazing guitar player. Yeah, Chuck, whatever his name was. And I loved the Gong Show when I was a kid. You know, it was a rerun from the 70s. It was a great fun show. Ridiculous. But uh, Sam Rockwell did a great job in that movie. Mm-hmm. And that was a very similar premises. The guy says in real life that he was a CIA operative. And he just, you know, the Gong Show was just his, like, cover. Mm-hmm. You know, they, like, kind of forced him to be an operative. So, yeah. I mean, it could. So that's the thing. And that's why maybe when I heard the announcement, when you hear the movie Critic. And, again, a lot of people said, you know, oh, don't doubt him. Now, look. I do want to point this out. I don't doubt Tarantino, but you can criticize people. I don't think people should have blind allegiance fandoms for any Mm -hmm. reason. When you become a blind allegiance fan, then there's no talking points to have with you. And you're not really a fan. You're just a zealot. And you're basically lost your mind. I apologize (laughs) to say that, but you have. Not everything the MCU... Not everything Star Wars, not everything Tarantino, not everything Nicolas Cage, not everything people do is always awesome. Mm -hmm. It can be okay to criticize. And when you don't criticize something or you don't have a critique, which Tarantino criticizes every, he does not hold back on who he's criticized. So Mm -hmm. he is not against being criticized. But if you can't at least have a different opinion or say that something isn't good and then also voice it, not just say that fucking sucks and that's just all you have to say, then you are missing out. And you will not get good movies made for you because if you just continually sit around and let them spoon feed you everything and no one complains and everyone keeps going to see these mindless dribble movies, you're going to continue to get mindless dribble movies. So those of you who are men's to you fans, if you don't like how it's going, complain. Stop going to the films. Mm-hmm. They'll be forced to restructure. Why do you think DC is doing it? They'll be forced to restructure the way they do things and rethink it if you don't. Otherwise, you're going to get sped the same old stuff every other month in the Cineplex, and you're never going to have exciting times, exciting movies. So that being said, don't just be sheeple zealots to one person. Now, I love Tarantino, but when you hear the word critic, movie critic, it doesn't inspire you know excitement right off the bat. However, as we've been talking, I just hope that whatever he does, he pulls it off. And I don't care. It doesn't have to win the Oscar for Best Picture. None of that. I just want it to be able to sit there in the 10th film and look at it and go, you know what? I too am content with what he's just put out. I mm-hmm. too am now happy to say 
you know what? The movie critic deserves its spot as the tenth and final film of his catalog. That's all I care about. And if it is like a, an offshoot of a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I love that film. That surprised me. That took a turn I didn't see it going. Yeah. I'm all in. So I guess I originally I was a little bit this and that, but it's okay to differ on opinions. And it's also okay to to not always be excited about everything. You don't have to just swallow the cooler that's put in front of you every time. Yeah. You can sometimes take a moment and go, you know what? I don't know. It's okay for that to happen. You can still be a fan and just be disappointed. It's okay. At the end of the day, he's going to put the movie out. I'm going to go see it like 500 times and I'm going to do a big podcast on it. And if it's great, I'll say it's great. And if it's not, I'll just say, hey, this is where it falls short. And you can either agree or disagree. And we will all be able to move on our merry way and still be Mm -hmm. okay. You'll still wake up. I know you're skeptical that this could be some like misinformation. Well, because if you think about this, I'm glad that was a nice segue because I was about to go there. Because he was very, very adamant at his thing. And it's hard for me to express it because we couldn't record anything, which was fine. But if you weren't sitting there in the theater, you wouldn't know how passionate he was that that he was going to be filming the TV show next. He hadn't even thought about what his movie was going to be and that this was going to be it. He didn't even name the TV show. And since he hasn't come out and said anything, there's a part of me that wonders if this isn't the TV show. And since we've been sitting here talking, I almost hope it is the TV show because I think it opens up the ability for eight episodes of some really amazing opportunity and for him to stretch his legs with this movie critic part mm-hmm. and I think it again you and I are talking about it so we've come up with some amazing ideas of what we hope it's going to be but those feel like ideas that could be covered in an eight episode series and would end perfectly as just a one off series because it's talking about a certain thing over a stretch of time mm-hmm. and we could have a bunch of cool actors coming in and out and I think it would be amazing if it is actually the name of the TV series instead of the final film even though as we've been talking I'm more excited about it being the final film but like I said, it's why it took me so long to kind of really figure out what the fuck's going on because I'm waiting. I've been waiting for the announcement of the show. Mm-hmm. He he physically said he was going to do the show. Like he want and he wanted to make sure it was absolutely abundantly clear for all to hear. It is not considered his tenth and final film. And then he mm-hmm. went on to say, "I have not even thought about it or even begun writing it." So for him to be done with it in four months is stunning to me. Not mm-hmm. that he can't do it or that he could be lying. He could have. I mean, that's. Completely his prerogative to do so. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to make the Church of Tarantino happy. You know what I mean? Like, worry yeah. about if our feelings are hurt. You know what I mean? But at the same respect, just from the way the man presented everything and was finally like, let, let you know, he's very loose, very tight-lipped about his stuff, especially after the hateful apes leaked. For him to finally say that yes, we're, I'm doing a TV show, to then pivot quickly, and the fact that no one who's written a fucking article, and this is what I hate about our journalism nowadays, is everyone just grabs something and no one has the balls to say, well, what about this, and ask questions. It's all just like, well, here's what it is, and this is what so and so said. So we're just going to go with this and not have balls, which is why Joe Blow didn't take what I said, mm-hmm. is fucking, we live in abysmal times for, for journalism as far as no one has real balls much anymore. Why did no one just say, hey, could this be, like no one even asked the question of the Hollywood Reporter. How do you know it's the script for the movie? How do you know it's not the TV show? Are we 100% sure he's not just giving us the old shuck and jive to try to keep us off our toes? You know what I mean? Because uh, like very yeah, adamant he, about that November that he's making a show and now all of a sudden out of the blue, oh by the way, the 10th film's ready to go. Like, w- what? What do you mean? Where's the show? What happened to the show? Where's our show? The only thing I can think is, obviously, the Hollywood Reporter article cites a source. Is obviously, you would imagine, if that source is close, is not going to want to go on the record. True. But the fact that he hasn't come out and said anything yet either. And look, I've been checking as we've been talking to make sure nothing has dropped out of the freaking blue. But no one has said anything about it. There's there's going to be conjecture about whether it's a good movie, should it be a good movie. Some people are like, oh, I'm glad he's going away, all this other stuff. But I have not seen anything from Tarantino himself saying anything about mm. this being... Because he once he announced it, because he knew also he had announced it on our show, now that I realize the timing, he knew his episode where he announced it on um, Two Bears in One Cave with Tom Segura when he was filling in for Burt Kershire, that he was going to be dropping it. That was coming out. So he probably figured, you know what, the New York event is going to be like a, the week before this goes on the air. I'm going to drop it now, so it's ahead. Boom. Yeah. There's zero, nothing, silence, nothing from his camp, no, nothing at all. Like I said, no confirming, no denying. There's no noise at all. You would think by you now would, he would be like, yes, this is what I'm doing. Uh, right? Like, you would think. and But more so if it were the reverse, right? You would have thought if there's misinformation as to this, it'd be like, no, that's not, that's bullshit. And I guess we'll fi- we could potentially yeah. find out next Tuesday with 
well, tomorrow, the, the, the time this is going out, <laughs> yeah. on, on, on video archives, right? We, we, we'll find out. We'll find out on video or archives. Or will he say anything on the video? Because yeah. he's usually very kind of quiet about his stuff on that. He does. He usually keeps it to what they're talking about, which is the movies they're talking about that week, mm-hmm. which which is smart. I like that he doesn't try to over like. <laughs> and they're probably pre, they're probably pre-recorded. They're, they're pre, do you know what I mean? He's not yeah. going to probably jump in the studio and be like, "Hey, Rog, we really got to address this." Like, I don't remember him talking even about the TV show after it was announced. You know what I mean? Like he didn't really even talk about the book tour. He just they record the podcast, they talk about the films, and they move fr- through it. And the video archives have not put a single thing out on it either. Uh, the daughter, uh, Avery's daughter, runs that, and she has not sent. A, you know, there's nothing's been put out about it. And usually mm-hmm. they keep very. They'll put the book out here and there, but very tight lipped about anything else that he does because he does not like social media as much yeah. as possible. So. I guess we'll see, but like it feels like this could be the TV show. Like it feels like this is more. Now we've talked about it and kind of hashed it out. And again, we're a bunch of guys talking. You're in a in a shed, and I'm in a basement. So we <laughs> are, <laughs> we are not plugged in exactly to the pipeline, folks. We're just you know we're just this is all conjecture. <laughs> we're just all making this up as we go. But with us just sitting here talking about it, the breadth of what it feels, it feels like this is the show. It feels like this, just even the, uh, the basis of what he wants to talk about with that, even if nothing we said is right, it feels like if he's going to talk about someone as a movie critic in their career, a three-hour movie doesn't feel like it's going to be enough when, mm-hmm. it's, you know, when we're talking about a woman's life in that time, you know, being a part of a studio consultant and also talking about movies. It feels like that's a, an eight to seven episode, or ten episode show. Plus, he said he's already finished it. That would make more sense that he finished that. Mm-hmm. Then he finished a movie in four months. Unless, of course, like I said, he was bullshitting all of us and keeping it very close to the vest, which mm-hmm. is also a possibility. Yeah, it's the the only thing I hope it is not is that he could like the 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 show kind of fumbled and do you know what I mean? Like like we're yeah. seeing at the moment with stuff like Netflix. Like what is it? They've kind of just pulled the plug on that Nancy Myers movie. Like do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they're kind of they're taking away their blank checks for big directors. The thing I the thing I fear the most is, has he gone fuck? Netflix aren't going to fund the show. No one else. Do you know what I mean? Like nobody's kind of going to. I feel like if they pipe. don't, Hulu or HBO would jump on in a second, right? Like, don't you? I I, I don't HBO, know. HBO's swinging for the fences right now. HBO's knocking it out of the park with some of their shows. They are, but at the same time, they're owned. But they're owned by Warner Brothers, who are like they've got to be sure-fired bets. They've got to be four quadrants. It's a it's a bet. You know it and I know. Regardless, it, people are going to tune in for that show. They're just going to. Especially yeah. especially if, if it goes like we just talked about. Like if there are those cameos and those people. Mm-hmm. You know, big names are going to come out for that show too. Yeah. They're going to. He's going to be able to pull who he wants for these shows. And stars will probably line up quicker when they've got to do a one-off episode, which, you know, you're filming on a weekend. It really probably won't interfere too much with their schedule as far as being able to do other films, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to being locked in for a six, seven-month shoot. If this is like a three-hour movie, you know, that's not going to be as easy for them. But if i got to come in for a week or two of filming it's, for an episode, yeah. it's it's easy, you know? So The point I was making is I hope that this movie isn't just kind of I've had to pare back and kind of uh, rework yeah. rework the TV series to be a movie because that w- that would be going out on a whimper, which makes me think that if this is the movie, this is the movie that the TV series is something separate. And we know as well, like I think we've got to address the fact that Tarantino has said time and <sighs> yes. time again of like stuff he wants to do, stuff he's gonna do. So it never yeah, happens. He gets excited at. Uh, an event he's written this script for a tv show yeah i'm doing it next man like uh, i i i got no idea for final movie okay i got i got i got no idea for final movie i've got this tv show the tv show is going the tv show i mean it's it's i got i got this star trek script man and it's it's going it's like like it's gonna happen you know you you ever seen that one episode where they go down to earth in the 1930s it's that it's it's that but it's a movie it's a tarantino movie but it's star trek you have just done Trumpentino. <laughs> you are it's a combo of Donald Trump meets Quintertino. It was the best. You should start your own show. I think we should do a show. It was fantastic. But you're absolutely right. He has said so many things, so many things he was going to do, and they don't come to fruition because originally Kill Bill Volume Three was going to come out in ten years. He wanted to do what they did. I forget what mm-hmm. Western series it was, but they waited ten years and then they revisited the character to, to get some revenge. So he wanted to do the same thing with Kill Bill. Volume three slash four. Technically, it would have been part two, but anyways. And 
It never happened. Mm-hmm. It just it just didn't happen. Uh, it, we're coming up on 20 years now. It's now been 20 years this year that Kill Bill came out. So he's already 10 years past the 10 years he said he was going to do it. Which is why I think a lot of people originally thought maybe it would be Kill Bill Volume 3. Because it would, I mean, it actually would fit in a little bit better for those girls. They would be in their mid to late 20s by now. Mm-hmm. So that would actually work better than 10 years. That's the thing. In this day and age, it's been a while since he's announced crazy stuff. Because now we're, we're in it. We're in, we're beyond just the internet. We're in the social media internet days where mm-hmm. everything if, is pushed. If an idea has really sparked him and like, do you know what I mean? If, if this script has flowed out of, out of him, he'll be like, you know what? This is where my heart is. I'm going to go with this. I've got, he's probably got the deal locked for the TV show. And he's like, yeah. you know what? I've got to do this movie first. Maybe there's that, that thing in his head where he's like, do you know what? I got to finish one before I start something new. Before I start that next journey. Do but you know he, what I mean? But in fairness, he did write two books already. Yeah, but like... But, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, it's but, a journey. But visual... Vis, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I know, I know he yeah. directed a couple of episodes of TV, but like a show to Quentin Tarantino. Like a, a yeah. Tarantino show is different from dipping yeah. into like a couple of episodes of CSI. And like, I do think he's going to do more TV. I don't 100%. think he's going to be able to walk away. I think he said he likes the TV format better. He's been writing in such long form. He's doing the like the book stuff. Imagine a Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as a TV show. That would have been amazing. Like like the full book as made as a TV show. That'd have been amazing. But we've got. We've, I think we've got so much exciting stuff to come once the movies are done. Because I agree. We get the original books. We get the original stories. Do you know what yeah. I mean like the kind of scripts turned to novels almost of of movies that could have been. Or even if he wants to finally finish up these things he didn't want to do sequels for he can now he doesn't he can do the vega brothers without ever having to worry about it because he doesn't have to make a show about it or yeah, he, he can write a book he doesn't have to worry the about the age of his characters anymore then we get the adaptations Ooh, of tarantino books <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. Oof, how much you got to pay for those yeah yeah, yeah here's the thing like, <laughs> do you really want to see the adaptation someone else do a tarantino book right like do you want to see someone who's not him do his stuff. Yes and no. The, 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 the morbid curiosity aspect of of it, and I think he would have that morbid curiosity Who has as well. the balls to say, I want to do it? Who do you think would be the first to say, because there's a lot of people who are fans, and you have a, a one in your neck of the woods, Mr. Edgar Wright. Do you think yeah. Edgar Wright is saying, I will do the Vega Brothers? Or do you think Edgar Wright is going, <laughs> loved reading it, I'm going to do my movie, I don't want to yeah. touch this. The one person I could see having the absolute stones to do is Joe Carnahan. I could see him going, hey, fuck this, man, I'm going to I'm gonna do a Tarantino movie, a book, I'm going to turn it into a fucking movie, man. Like, he's got that, he's got that, like, yeah, real kind of... Maybe the Daniels. Fucking, let's do it, let's do it. <laughs> you know, it's one of those projects where you go, do I want to touch this? Do I want to try to... Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a poison chalice. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can stay live forever, but you're going to live in this tomb with this old fucking, <laughs> this old knight from the round table. You're never leaving here, but you'll live forever. It's, it's, it's an interesting prospect either way. It's just like the Tar- Tarantino will live on past this. Potentially, this is the final movie. I think it is. Like, I think that this is it. I think the show is, is something separate. And I think right. we will know. We I think we will know soon enough, right? Because if it is the final moving if the script is done i reckon in the next month to six weeks we're gonna start hearing casting announcements well yeah especially if they said it could go i mean again when you're listening to this it is the monday after saint patrick's day here and that means that when we're recording this it's on the thursday before the day before saint patrick's day and they're in the report says it could go out to studios as early as this week or next week. So at some point, maybe before. Funny thing is, is they're going to hear people will hear a week later our birthday episode that we recorded over a month ago, and we had no clue all the shit was coming. <laughs> so it'll, it'll be weird. But uh, who knows? Maybe maybe there'll be a big announcement. And if there is a big announcement and there's more news, uh, you and I will get together and we'll uh, do another cinema speculation part two on this bad boy to figure yes, out. Please. Well, there's going to be more. Now, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, there's we'll have to keep doing some stuff like this because. Once more information comes and we start hearing cast rumors and this and that, like it'll have to be like maybe a monthly series where we walk it up <laughs> to the to the beginning of the fucking show, the movie. So I don't. I am excited now that we've talked. I'm much more excited. However, I, I do want the TV series. I feel like the critic, just based on the things I've witnessed, I feel like this is more the show. But again, this is Tarantino. As I said, if he's one thing. It's unpredictable. Yes. <laughs> he's one thing. He's unpredictable. We yeah. are Marvin sitting in the backseat and we're going to get shot in the 100%. face. We just don't fucking know we're going to get shot in the face. That's exactly. who we are. 
That's what the Tar- that's what a Tarantino fan is. This is the ultimate third act twist Tarantino move. Do you know what I mean? Like, I got is. this show. I got this show. Fuck you. I'm, I'm making a movie. <laughs> Doing a movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was also, I've got a stage play and a, and a show. All of a sudden, no, guess what? I'm doing the movie first. Like, you motherfucking cocksucker. Now I see why Joe Blow didn't take my information. It was probably bullshit anyways. That son of a bitch set me up for failure. Damn you, Tarantino. Damn you. Amazing. Amazing. Well, yeah, I look forward to seeing it. I do too. And uh, thank you for being a part of it. And thank you for talking me off of the ledge. I wasn't on the ledge. I just, like I said, I have been so in the mindset of waiting for the show to be announced. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. it's a movie. Yeah. And then it's that realization, like, I was hoping we get the show, then the movie. The movie, yeah. And I would still have more to, to, to look forward to. And I hope the show would be good, which would give him more juice to keep doing more TV. You know what I mean? Like, as much as I've said that this podcast will end on a certain time, I really don't want it to end because I still yeah. want stuff to happen. I think that, I think that, that, that is part of it. No, 100%. <laughs> like, like, the other thing is I don't want to talk him to death. Like, once once it's over, if he's done with stuff, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to, like, bring, you know, oh, let's go through this movie for the 900th time. You know, after yeah, a while, yeah. you can only pick at something so long before it just starts to really bleed to death and then mm-hmm. people get lost, lose interest, so. But I do enjoy our conversations, and I do enjoy uh, doing the podcast, and I hope that whatever this turns out to be, whether it's a movie, whether it's a TV show, or whether it's another fucking psych-out job by Quentin Tarantino, (laughs) (laughs) he's cried wolf a couple of times and fooled us. I I just do hope that that it'll it'll live up to the expectations, which it probably won't, but if it's Tarantino, it's hard to have expectations because... He fucking pulls the rug out from under us all the fucking time. There's yeah. not a single movie I could say I went into knowing how it was going to go. No matter what the movie is, the title, the title could be like this movie could be anything. Don't I think? Don't let the title fool you. And that fool was my you. mistake. That was my mistake. I think. I. I, I think we're gonna. We're. We're gonna be in for for something. And, and like, like, like that, that's an all cap something. That's a good something. Do you know what I mean? There's, the, there's not a trepidatious something. Like it's gonna be something. It's gonna. I think. Yeah. I, I. I think there's a lot of great fertile ground that this film can cover, especially the time period. We haven't even touched on the fact that w- w- we could see an on-screen Martin Scorsese. We could see. We could see the whole mo- like the movie brats. Like Coppola could yeah. be in this movie. Yeah. Like it's like. like <laughs> do you know what I mean? There's there's so many avenues this could take, and there's I mean, yeah. Luke Lucas Spielberg, all of them. Yeah, we got we got Bo- we got a Bobby De Niro. Do you know what I mean? We got yeah. like a uh, we, we got kite we got kite out. Yeah, like, I, I just hope he doesn't go down the um, uh, Scorsese de aging route because that would be horrible, and I don't think he will. I don't think he would either. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. An hour after my recording with Petros, an article from Jordan Rummy from worldofreal.com claimed that a close Tarantino friend, writer-director Brian Copeman, who is the showrunner of Showtime's Billions, as well as the co-writer of Ocean's 13 and Rounders, came forward to shut down rumors that Tarantino's next film was about Pauline Kael. This is what he had to say via Facebook. Quote, There's a huge rumor going around about a movie that's allegedly about to be made. Supposed title, subject matter, who is starring in it, who it is centered on, reported by one source, then picked up and changed slightly to become fact, then super widely repackaged as the absolute truth. I happen to have detailed knowledge of the truth of this. None of it involves me or my work or Dave, but I have detailed knowledge. Detailed and pretty much every single thing reported is wrong. Some things rhyme with the truth, but most are just absolutely wrong. And it's amazing to me that it just gets propagated like this. It makes me wonder how many things I read as the truth are just as full of shit. End quote. That is from the mouth of Mr. Copeman, a close friend of Tarantino's who had Quentin on as a guest on his podcast back in 2021 that many claim to be one of the best interview segments Quentin has ever given. So we'll have to see how this all shakes out over the next coming days, weeks, and months. But I would once again like to thank my good friend and special guest, Petros Petsilovis, podfather and host of the Cajun Couple of Connections, for encouraging me to do this special episode, as well as for joining me on it. Now you can find the links to his podcast and his show socials in our show notes. And as always, you can become a member of the Church of Tarantino by following us on all our socials. Those links can be found in the show notes as well. So please join me, Petros, and the duo known as the Podcast Nobody Asked For, Mr. Ian Harris and Mr. Graham Jones, next Monday as they join me to help celebrate the 60th birthday of our Lord and Savior, Mr. Quentin Tarantino. So until then, I'm the Reverend Scott K. May Tarantino be with you always. This has been a man with a 
an exceptional beard production.